All right, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. If you believe it, give me an amen. amen. If you believe the Lord heard you, everything you've been praying about the last 30 minutes, give me an amen. amen. All right, before we take our seats, is our school of prayers. Of course, you know that. Okay, before we take our seats, let's um, take our declaration of understanding because we are going to study a bit and then, remember it's a school, all right? Yeah, so we keep studying. And we're going to study a bit, and then we'll rise up to pray again. All right, one, two, let's go. Now I declare. Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 All right, let's take our seats. Amen. Oh. I said amen. Oh. Amen. Do you know, I finally found out that we finished prayer basics last week. And Nduka is laughing. I don't know why he's laughing. But it's okay. We have um, something else to talk about today. Jesus said men ought always to pray. And what? Not to faint. All right? Not to get tired of praying. And the way Lady Emphasis, of course, shows us that this is a very crucial matter. We keep quoting that portion of the scriptures. That's from the book of Luke chapter 18. He said, now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times, somebody say all times. All times. Say it like you heard it. All say it like he was talking to you. Say so he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. Now there are two forms of losing heart there. One, they are not to lose heart concerning praying. I hope you get my point. And then number two, they shouldn't let the situation around make them lose heart. They should just go and pray about it. I don't know whether you, you, you got that. Now, the way I normally interpret it is simple. It says you should pray and not get tired of praying. But that's one half of it. The second half is that pray and don't let life frustrate you. I don't know whether I heard that one. Yes, I like the way you smiled. Will I say they didn't enter you? Instead of losing heart, what do you do? Go and pray. In fact, I'm beginning to suspect that maybe that's even the more important reason why he said that. The more important, okay, importance of that statement. He said men ought always to pray and not to faint. That is, now, I've always interpreted it until today as if don't faint from praying. Don't get tired of praying. Just, just one half. The second way of saying it is that, listen, life will want you to faint. Life will want you to give up. In fact, I like the way New Living Translation says it. He said, he told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. I hope you're getting my point. It could be an affliction. 
It could be a challenge. It could be a trouble. Something, one thing or the other in life. Say, don't give up because of that. Go and pray. We can interpret it like we've always done as being persistent in praying, and that is true. But there's a second interpretation, which is what? Don't let life frustrate you. I have a personal testimony in that area. It's as if no matter what the thing frustrating, trying to frustrate me might be, it's more like I'm coming. You know the way we say in Africa or Nigeria, I'm coming. You know what that means? Wait for me. You trouble, wait here. I'm going to go and do something. I'm going to collect power. I'm going to return in the power of the Holy Spirit. You are not going to frustrate me. You're not going to make me tired. You're not going to make, get me confused. I am going to bring power to overcome you. I won't give up. I will go and pray. Please, I hope you're getting that. Now, please, you see where I'm going into this teaching. You know, at the time, God said, Oh, that you will have hearkened unto me. Your righteousness will have been like a river, and your well-being like the waves of the sea. Now, is that frustration in that tone that I wanted to notice? He just looked and said, Look, why are they suffering anyhow like this? Now, this is what the Lord has done. Now, first, let's start. Well, let me explain something. Now, this is not supposed to scare you. This is just to let you know as a matter of fact. All right? So you can overcome it. Because as Christians, we don't, we don't, um, faith doesn't mean, say, we didn't see you yesterday. He said, I was strong. That's very bad English. We didn't see you yesterday. If you're not feeling well, say it. I wasn't feeling well. It's not a big deal. Say, yesterday, I was strong. Say, you should have come quicker. You stayed at home and then, you are saying you were strong. What kind of strength makes you stay at home? Okay? Now, what I'm, as Christians, that's not the way we are. We face reality, what people call reality. We face it. We look at it. Then we overcome it. I hope you get my point. The Bible says Abraham contemplated his body. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, he refused to waver in unbelief. He saw, his, he saw what was going on. But he said, God said something else. I'm going to hold on to that. So you're not coming to give him information he didn't have when he was calling himself Abraham. Now, so why did I say all of this? I want to say simply, life is hard. Do you hear what I say? Yes, sir. Life is what? Hard. Life is hard. And just for your information, it has nothing to do with the fact that you're a Nigerian and you live in Nigeria. That's the I saw a video. My wife actually forwarded to her. <laughs> I stumbled into it. You know in which country? In Canada. And one person after another was complaining. One said that, in fact, I heard one man say that Justin Trudeau is a useless man. Now, the man who said it is a very intelligent man. I don't, just, I don't want to mention his name. He speaks a lot. He said they only elected this guy because he's handsome. That he deceived them. And that he has a father that was a very great statesman. So people just took that name, put on a fine boy, and assume he would be a good uh, president or prime minister. What are they in Canada? Is it president or prime minister? What's the name of the head of state? Prime minister. Are you sure? Justin Trudeau. Trudeau is the prime minister. Anyway, he's the boss. 
So they say, look at how useless the country has become now. And these are Canadians talking. The man talking, I'm quoting the Canadian. How the man has ruined the country. It's a very useless country right now. So that video I saw, he was in there. Another, you know, he was saying something else. He said that why Justin Trudeau is a useless head of government. And how the country is upside down. So I now saw these videos of one person after another. One girl said, I did everything I was supposed to do. Now I can make ends meet. Went to school, I graduated, you're supposed to get a job and everything's supposed to work. Now I can hardly have, I only have enough money to do anything. One woman was saying her own and crying. I'm working three jobs. I can't keep the light on. I'm crying as guy. The money doesn't reach anything anymore. Ah. So I asked my classmates, I wait. I went to my classmates. I said, is it that human beings like to complain everywhere of where he ruled Canada too? Because I don't seem to get it. And this, so just to let you know that life is hard everywhere. And there are different kinds of hardships and hardnesses. There's physical hardness. There's mental hardship. There's emotional hardship. Of course, and there's spiritual. There are different kinds of hardships in this life. Now, let me just say this. Most times when we move from one situation to another by our own strength, we just exchange one kind of hardship for another. Did you hear what I said? Look, let go solve your problems. See, it's very important. See, I tweeted something yesterday. Actually, it was, I said it last week, all right? So, and I said, listen, faith does not mean you always get, you know, um, results. Faith simply means that you make all your decisions and then your lifestyle, they are pleasing to God. That's what faith means. Bear that in mind. That's what faith, so what I'm going to say, please allow God to solve your problems by making Every decision, every choice, everything you have to do, make sure they are pleasing to him. Otherwise, what the Bible says, you will lie down in torment at the end of the day. So if you kindle your own fire, solve your own problems, you will regret it. I hope you're getting my point. One day, one young woman came to talk to me. I went to preach somewhere. She said her father was going from one native doctor, that's Juju man, to another, and miracle to another. So she was, he was, she was trying to Tell her father. Where did that time? Maybe you were. Because I called about three people, let's pray with the young woman. Except that I felt something strongly in me that that girl wasn't really ready for her. Yes. Because she did most of the talking. She didn't let me do much talking. So virtually everything I had to say, she knows it already. So at the end of that, I said, guys, let's pray. We prayed for her. And I said, may God help you. But the point I'm making is that she said that her father, she told her father that this place that he's going to, that maybe he should stop going. The man said, oh, what we are looking for is a solution. They had a lot of family problems. And look, problem deal. Sometimes I asked my wife, I said, I said to her, I said, those who don't pray, how do they manage? Because you know, I've been telling you about madness in family. The only reason why I'm not mad is because I can pray. You know, because there's no madness in my family. I'm sure there's, you know, I've been telling you, there must be madness somewhere. You just, it, madness shows up when pressure increases. When you are very sane, you never jam. Some people, they don't talk, but it's because they are mad. <laughs> the reason why they are that silent 
is because they have gone totally cool. Do you get my point? They are not normal again. So the madness froze them. Go and check. It's called catatonia. Yeah, it's a real word. It's a real word. They get into one catatonic freeze. You've not seen somebody that you can stand like this for a whole day. <laughs> Normal, if they say keep your hand up, if you want to punish people, put, put up your after five minutes, they are crying. I don't go put on hand like this. Two days later, it's still there. Where they get the strength from is a spiritual thing. Doctors don't understand. I want to say, Doc, that's what they call spirit. Where I'm going is it? I tell my wife sometimes we're talking. I say, listen, those who don't pray, how do they manage? Because this life will put pressure on you that is guaranteed to blow your brain. I often I were watching a testimony somebody sent to our uh, brethren's group yesterday. Was it this morning we were watching it? Yes, this morning. And they said the man, they said, the man said, oh, I met my husband, so I'm so pleased. We just talking about how his life was good and he had three children. He was doing okay. Then finally, you know, he got involved into some things. He got locked up. All right, he said, so <laughs> he lost his family, lost his wife, lost his children, lost everything. He was in jail for some time. So the man said, <laughs> You look like you can really keep it together. You know, the way he was talking. The guy said, I don't have tears again. He said, I all cried up. I have cried and cried. There's no tear left in my eye. The only thing I can do now is laugh. He said, the only thing left in my life is laughter. He said, because I cried for so long until my tears dried. So now if you say cry for something, I don't know where to get the tears from. <laughs> then, of course, he found faith. When you see him talk about the Lord Jesus Christ... He's excited. That one, he can't even, he can't help it. He bursts into laughter. Where I'm going is that, listen, there's a way life can be here. It will carry you, squeeze you. You start wondering whether it's your brain that's coming from your nose. You know, like the pressure, <laughs> the pressure of life will be so much. You wonder whether this mucus from your nose as you are sneezing is your brain. Yeah, is that, I mean, you start, you start feeling like it. For those who don't realize it, that was why Jesus bled. They didn't touch him. He wiped his brow. Blood. Life can be hard. That's one first point. Second point, and God knows. God knows. He knows life can be hard. You know, if you don't know God well, eh, <laughs> you will think he's very wicked. And a lot of people who don't follow the Lord is because they have this incomplete knowledge of him. So when they see the kind of demands he makes, it's like, what is wrong with you? How can you be so mean as a God? They now make up their minds that he doesn't send anybody to hellfire because he thinks he's telling people to do. Nobody can do it actually. Ah, what is it? God will make you, give you a, ah, look at it now. You know, Jews are not tall people. That's what they told us. Generally, Jews. How many people know Michael Bloomberg? Michael Bloomberg. Uh You guys don't know Michael Bloomberg. Okay, former mayor of New York. Ran for president um, last time against uh, Joe Biden, and then he lost the primaries to Joe Biden. Uh, anyway, you know, Donald Trump likes to hear people. He calls uh, Nancy Pelosi, nervous Nancy. Hillary Clinton, crooked Hillary. You know what he calls <laughs> Michael Bloomberg? He said, mini Mike. <laughs> now, you get the idea. And then you see the, any name that ends with beg like that. Uh-huh. Just know that you are most likely dealing with a Jew. All right? Bloomberg, I think, is a Jew. So they're not big people. That's where I'm going. 
As another one calls him Mini Mike. And, you know, Donald Trump is a giant of a man. The guy is about six, five or so. He's a very tall human being. All right? Uh-huh. So he calls Mike, Mini, Mini Mike. Now, those are the people that God gathered and said, go and face giants. That's where I'm going. <laughs> they came out of Egypt because I've given you land. Now they reach there. When they said they were like, were like grasshoppers, there's a reason. <laughs> they were generally not tall people. They're not big people. That's why God said, when, when, you know why God, Moses was speaking, you know why God chose your father? There was not, not because you were too handsome. There was nothing for you to say, hey, this is why God chose us. Nothing, no. He chose because he loved you. You know what it means to love you? It means he wanted to help somebody. He wanted to bless somebody. Now, this is where I'm going. So, God said, go and face the giants. And he chose small people. Now, please, what I'm emphasizing is that. So, when God will not tell people like that, go and face the giants. Then he turns to his people, both Christians and even Israel of those days. He expects that if they threaten you with the furnace, fairy furnace, with being cast into the lions, then you will stand. So, Daniel stood. So Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they stood. And he told the Christians, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father. And he told them, (laughs) he was telling that church, he said, you will have persecution for 10 days. He said, be faithful even to the point of death. You're not getting what I'm saying? The kind of persecution the church faced and still faced today. I think in China, you can go to jail for reading the Bible. They said in North Korea, you can be killed for owning one. The story I heard recently. They see a Bible around you, a piece of paper, look like a Bible, you go to prison. The persecution in North Korea is worse than the one in China. Oh yes, from what I was told. At least what I read. And this part of that, you know, God expects, he said, be faithful. They called the chosen and the faithful. What does he call faithful? When the trials come, you won't deny me. When they put you before the fairy furnace, you will refuse to bow. You know, you hear things like, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. John was speaking. And, if, and I heard a voice behind me saying, come up, come up hither. I heard a teaching on it. They said, that Lord's day. Most of us look at this that he was in the spirit on Sunday morning. It wasn't on the spirit on Sunday morning. He didn't used to call Sunday Lord's Day those days. It was Son's Day. You know, they call Son, the day of the Son. So he wasn't in the spirit on the Lord's Day. He said he was in the spirit on the Lordy Day. What's the Lordy Day? The day in which the whole empire was supposed to declare that Caesar is Lord. Not the Sunday, the Lord's Day. No. I was in the spirit on the Lordy Day. In with the whole empire, people, sometimes Christians were brought to the front. Oh yeah? Say Caesar is Lord. And the Christian will say, how can there be two lords? And some of them go from there straight to jail. Some from there to execution. That's what I mean when I say life is hard. And number two, the Lord knows. And number three, despite the hardness, he said, be faithful. Fulfill your ministry. Ah, we've agreed that life is hard, right? And he knows. But he now says, in the midst of the hardness, 
Be faithful and fulfill your ministry. Say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry you have received of the Lord that you may fulfill it. And one very reasonable young man, that guy was very reasonable. His name was uh, the one that went to Thessalonica. Demas. Paul was looking at him that this one is not a serious Christian. Bros, shipwrecks twice. I was with you. I was a serious Christian at that time. Peter's co-workers with Peter, they went for a wedding the other day. Anybody following you, you know, they go for a wedding. <laughs> you know, they marry, you know, they get money. And they say, when you are teaching every, you have to learn to abound and learn to abase. Today, last three weeks, message has been on how to abase because there's nothing. See, there's one picture in Thessalonica. There, the pastor teaches 17 keys on how to abound. Now, they must look one day and say, guys, 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 guys. I feel the spirit leading me. The Lord has been speaking. No, the Lord can speak. <laughs> the Lord was speaking to Demas, and Demas went to Thessalonica. And Paul, the quarrel. He was writing it. Demas has forsaken me. Why? Because he fell in love with the present world. Oh boy, falling in love with the present world is not the problem. Following you is hard. And that's what Demas. No, one went to see Demas to ask him, why did you forsake Brother Paul? They said, he fell, they said I didn't fall in love with anything, no. That must, I didn't fall in love with anything. I just wanted to live a normal life. Look at my age. What have I achieved? I have no bank account. I have no money. And I have no plans. You know who I'm quoting there. Say, brethren, don't mind, brother Paul. Now, so you want things be hard, 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 hard. What I'm trying to say to you is that many of us are dem- we're laughing at demas, but we are so demasic. Look, so many of us can't stand where Demas is because Demas was there with Paul. For, it took him a long time before he fell in love with this present world. And sometimes said, this present world is a woman that he saw in Thessalonica. Demas was not particularly being a difficult person. All right? And many of us are worse than Demas, but we are laughing at Demas. In fact, today's Christian, I think most are worse than Demas, but we can laugh at Demas. We can't stand what Demas stood before he finally gave up. No, go and search. He will, Paul will write and say, Demas also greets you. Demas was with him. Before he now said, Demas has forsaken me. What's the point I'm making? Life can be hard. God knows it. In the midst of it, he still demands that we are faithful. In the midst of it, he still says we should fulfill our ministry. In the midst of it, he's still making it clear to us that the day, the day will come, he's going to sit down and judge and say, how well did you do? But there's something that is called the righteousness of God. That he will be shown to be righteous. Why? Or how in this particular situation? It is simply because God never, never expected that we would do anything by our own strength. Where we fail, where we are judged, is when we refuse to approach him for strength. That's what we began with. He said, men ought always to do what? Pray. And not allow the pressure of life make them give up. What is this? What was he saying? Go and pray. And let me tell you something. What Jesus Christ did. You know, when he was going to the cross. Now let's get this clear. Did Jesus? Now, please. There's no catch to it. Just you know the correct answer. Did Jesus have a pure heart? You're not sure. 
Answer now. Yes or no? He had a pure heart. Did he have a clean spirit? You're sure about that? For that reason, when he went to, when he saw the cross, should he not have just gone? Now don't answer this one. Shouldn't he have just gone there and gone to the cross? Brethren, life is hard. When he saw the cross, what did he do? Men ought always, he told them in parable that they should always do what? Pray and not give up on going to the cross. This is the way I, I tie that. When he saw the cross, what did he do? He went to pray. Now, what was the result of his praying? That's where I'm going. Now, did Jesus go to the cross by his own strength? The answer is no. Even though it was the Lamb of God taking away the sins of the whole world, the, an angel still had to come to strengthen him. He still needed strength. Pure of heart, pure of spirit, no defilement of any sort. Yet the pressure of life w- could be so hard. At the point in time, he said, should I say, he said, what should I say? Father, deliver me from this hour. He said, but for this purpose, I came to this hour. That is, at that point, this is John chapter 12. He was already saying, man, life is hard. God helping me these days. I think I'm having more compassion. Before, I used to wonder whether people are crazy. But now, I think I'm having more compassion on people. Because I realize that they are not crazy. I'm not even better than they are. The only reason why you do things differently, in such a manner that God is pleased, is because you are infused by a power beyond you. One major reason you go to the, to go to the place of prayer is to go and collect that power. I hope you're getting my point. And that's what I'm talking about. One reason why you go to the place of prayer is to go and collect power. <laughs> you know, they have a saying in Western Nigeria. Have you ever seen goats fight? Not only goats, I mean, all those, you know, those animals like goats. I don't mean... When dogs fight, they fight in a very different way. Their fight is not biblical at all. Dogs fight, you know, cats, all of those ones. They are just biting and twisting and turning. Ghosts don't do that. How do they fight? Who has seen them before? Hmm? That's the word. What's the first thing? They retreat. The first retreat. They don't just go there. When they go, it goes back. Then charges. Goats, they know physics. You understand? They are very good with their physics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They understand the principle of momentum. Velocity and mass. I've seen goats fight. Now, this is not part of the message, but when we were young, saw goats fight until they started bleeding around the horns. They hit themselves so bad, they started bleeding around the horns. Anyway, so, thank you. The first retreat. So in Western Nigeria, they will tell you, that when you see the ram that's moving backwards, it's not running away. He went to gather strength. <laughs> yeah, so that's the proverb. So that when you see a ram, literally, that's what they say. If you see a ram retreat, he hasn't run away from the fight. Too. He has gone to do what? Gather strength. When he comes charging you next time, they move. look, they will take a, an adult down. Adult human being. If I don't let it, look, don't do strength. When you stand there, when they are coming, jump into, look, dodge. Because if that guy hits you, you are going down. Yeah, it can, see, it can snap your tibia. It can break your leg. So that, is that word retreat? So they say, when you see a ram retreating, he hasn't run away from the fight. He has just gone to gather 
strength. Why do we go to the garden? Why do we go to pray? Brethren, is to gather strength. You know, God never takes excuses. This the reason why I feel this, because of this. You know, somebody who I work with, I, I found out yesterday that he lost his wife yesterday. She, she was ill, and then she died, and all of that. So that brought up discussions. <laughs> Do you know? So now I asked about somebody, how is this guy? They say he doesn't have a wife. I said, what happened to him? Ah, I said, you are not aware. I said, aware of what? He said, and his wife, they're in court now. What are they doing in court? Are they trying to reclaim their land? They said, no, no, no. The woman left him like two years ago. There's another guy. Now, these people are all around me. Not the same church, I just mean. <laughs> that guy told me about two weeks ago that I don't drive my wife. He didn't sister house. No, I said, I, don't. I said, where did she go? Where did she go? She said that, he said that, um, because I know, I mean, both of her parents are not there anymore. He said, in the sister's house, she said, that one, the advice, um, that's one been advising her. They didn't stay together there. I said, eh. There's another fellow. The same thing. That was his wife just packed and left him, and then he, he married one new wife that's a little older than his oldest son. Ah. Uh-uh. I look again. I said, now, wow. So I couldn't do, this afternoon, I now did a mental calculation. At the proportion, I thought it was only in America. I said, this is Nigeria too. I said, life is hard. What did I say? Life is hard. Yeah, life is very, very hard. If it's before, I would have been angry. What is wrong with all these people, men and women? But now I realize, life is hard. The only reason why you will overcome that is because of an infusion of the Spirit. Please, let me advise you. You know, you know I like to terrorize anybody married for, apart from you, sir, anybody here married for as long as I've been married? Okay, up to half. Elder John, I command that hand to go down. Why was your hand up before? Unduka, Unduka, what are you telling me? What is more than half? How many years will be? How many years you be? Eh? You've done 13 years. If you never, 12. 12 is not up to half now. <laughs> Abi? So, uh, 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 is it up to half? Okay, okay, okay. So, okay, just half. So, look at all of them struggling to do half. <laughs> struggling for half. All right. At least God has helped me. I've been married for about 24 years now. So, respect me small, amen? Now, what I'm trying to say is that, <laughs> now, why am I saying all of this? I can tell you this under God. I'm not trying to preach nice, okay? Anybody gives you a book on how to do it, they are lying to you. Did you hear what I said? Anybody gives you a book that you see on the, fl- on, on, on the best day, you can't afford to forget your wife's birthday, because, listen, I've forgotten my wife's birthday so many times. In fact, the last one she said, confess, you forgot. Because she woke up in the morning, was dancing and praising God. I said, ah, this anointing today is serious. Oh. And I go choose fine cloth, when go wet. I said, ah, what this kind can find fine cloth on a normal day? I said, this woman must be in a good mood. She said, I know you forgot. Confess. I remember the two, like two days before. And I think even the day before I may have remembered. But you wake up in the morning, you, no, we agree life is hard. <laughs> Thank you. 
Life is hard, you know. Other things to think about. Where I'm going with all of this thought, listen. Somebody come and tell you there's this is five, and they don't include prayer and confession of the word and receiving the anointing from heaven and receiving the grace of God. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. If it doesn't include all of that, please throw the book away. What did I say? Please, just, can you just throw it away now? Just throw it away. Just, uh, throw it away. If not throw it away, just throw it away. Throw it away. Nonsense books. They're all over the place. There is no method. I hope you're getting my point. That's why I'm talking about it. See, all the ones I've seen, the ones I talked about just now, where they had all the failures and the, the no disappointments, that's normal. Because life is hard. That's the point I'm making. But I'm telling you, from my personal testimony, I thought about this, something made me, again, all these things I was telling you about made me think about it today. I looked back. I said, now, wow. If I wanted to send a message to a friend of mine, I said, oh boy, God help us so. That God blessed us so. There is no method to this thing. I know a man who, the thing that, that wanted, he told me, he said, sir, the thing that's driving me mad now is that this woman didn't tell me what I did. And she left him and never came back. Just got home. His wife was not at home. Naturally, and I just expect, of course, maybe she went to work, went to visit her parents, visit a friend. And when it was getting late, he picked the phone and called. Why are you not home yet? Let's make a long story short. She never came back. She didn't tell him bye-bye. He went to work, came back. Not like she parked too. Because if she parked, he would know some things are missing. Nothing, just left. Ah, following day went to see her father. What's going on? And she was there with the father. Ah, is this supposed to be a joke? Second day, first week passed. Second week, ah, he began to talk to people. He talked to me. Talked to me. I, I asked some questions. I said, ah, do they go to prophets? Because prophets can do that to you. Prophets, those evil people. He said that she he reasoned. He said, what is driving me mental now is that I don't know what happened. He said, let her just tell me this was what I did, this was what happened. He said, no, nothing. And she never came back. After some time, they went to church, church had panel on it, everything, an Orthodox church, Catholic church actually. They don't believe in it. At the end, of, they had meetings. They couldn't Nobody could say exactly what happened. Finally, his uncle told him, you wait for this number of months. After that time, we're going to return the bride price. He said, no, we'll go back and collect our bride price back. Exactly what the uncles did. Oh, yes. They waited. They waited patiently. They said, look, keep this. Because they said, no, no, no. Something's wrong. And they went and collected bride price back. And one day, the guy met another young woman. He married. So, where I'm going is that <laughs> if you think you have methods, how do you solve that one? A, a man that couldn't even see what the problem was. He couldn't see what the problem was. That is, that if you had a problem, that she would say, This is where you are. Nothing. He said, You people He said, No, that we didn't have any disagreement more than the normal thing that you see with people. Nothing serious. So I realized that for God, those methods don't work. What am I saying with all of these things? God knows life is hard. He expects us to be faithful. He expects us to do what he said. Why? 
The reason why he's still good in the midst of all of this is that he said, look, listen, I will supply the strength. So if you fail, you didn't come to collect the strength. I'm not saying it was easy. Or it should be easy. I'm not saying it is easy. I'm just saying there is strength available. And what you need to do is to make sure you collect the strength. If I tell you to go and face giants, don't go there and say, oh God, you know I'm a Lilliputian. Why are you sending me against giants? Because when I sent you against giants, you should have, that should have given you an idea of the amount of power I had available. Nobody should tell me that this country is a difficult one to live in. The Bible says, now, we're going to apply this. It says, where sin abounds, what happens? Grace much more abounds. Every time there is difficulty, there is grace to overcome it. Anytime there's difficulty, there's what? Grace. There is grace available to overcome it. We have the responsibility to go and tap into that grace. And when we go to pray, that's what we are looking for. When we go to prayer, it's not just that we go and tell God our problems and hand them over to him. Of course, that is one. But we leave the place because you tell God the problem. Let me give you an example. Now, you go and pray. And then you say, Lord, oh, see problems. Uh, giants are there. So you will not tell you, say, okay, don't worry. Since you have seen the giants, there's no need. Just go back to Egypt. Do you expect him to do that? Do you think he will ever do that? No, when you finish praying, you will not say, okay, good. It's good that you have come to me to come and discuss the giants matter. So what you will do that tomorrow, you will charge at the giants and don't worry about it. You know, I said, no, why don't you just remove the giants? Say, no, no, that's not what I want to do. I want you to be the ones to knock them down. What's God saying? I want to fill you. Now, that's the word. I want to fill you with my spirit. You know, I read my Bible well. And I found out that all those men of David. Okay, let's start about, let's start with Samson. Now, I wanted to just say something. Say, I am Samson. Yes. Just say it. Yes. On the good side, though. <laughs> not the lie in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Say amen to that, though. Amen. Amen. When I say I am Samson, you know, the everything about all those Old Testament um, um, heroes of faith were found in Jesus Christ, apart from the bad side. The love for God that David had was in Christ. Kill Uriah and collect his wife. Jesus didn't do anything like that. You get the point? So you can, you can claim something and not claim the Delilah. I hope you get my point. So don't be afraid when I say I'm something. All right? But this is something I want to say about something. You know, when I was growing up, I knew the I know what Samson looked like. Samson would have won Mr. Universe. was a big guy, looked like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger plus Lehani combined. That was how we thought, and that's how the pictures of him. Do you know, one day, nobody even told me that. I was just thinking about it. I think I was reading my Bible. It just hit me. Ah. If this guy was as big as this man I'm, I'm, I'm referring to, why would Lee have asked, where's the secret of your strength? It would have been obvious. Have you ever watched, how many of you watch wrestling here? Don't be shy, don't be shy. I hope you don't believe those things I watch. When we were young, we believed it all. We believed everything we saw in wrestling. Then when we grew up, we realized that, ah, hit them now. Why are you doing like They're hitting you in the head and you're doing like this. You just present your head for hit. Now you're going to the cross. <laughs> what kind of nonsense? Okay, now, of course, we grew up and realized that those things were just mostly staged, okay? But those wrestlers, some of them have very, very big. I remember one particular one, one of those days when I saw these things last, years ago. I mean, 
Today I'm telling you it should be up to 20, more than 20 something years ago. There was some particular guy called Sid Justice. How many people was watching wrestling that time? Yeah. Okay, no, before I get to Sid Justice, remember this guy? The one that was a movie, that used to do movies, you know? He made it big. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, those guys were big. I don't know how, they would be like six, five, six, six, Abby? Those guys, and they are bodybuilders, really big. So one day was supposed to fight Sid Justice. So here and Sid Justice stood, you know, face to face in the ring. And something surprised me. He had to lift up his head to look at Sid Justice. Hulk Hogan had to lift his face up. That's how big Sid Justice was. So that's what I thought Samson should have been like. Like all these men. In which case, nobody will have asked, what is the secret of your strength? It will have been so... You just say, nah. You will have said, where is your gym? Let's follow you. Are you related to Goliath? That's the kind of question we'll be asking. Why would they ask him, what is the secret of your strength? Because Samson was a normal-sized person. He was another Jude, like I was telling you about earlier. He wasn't particularly big. He wasn't particularly large. He was just a normal-sized person. You know, the best way to depict something is to watch Chinese movies. You know, Chinese people don't like them. They say they are fake, fake, fake. Well, I know. Most of Kung Fu that they practice is fake. One man has proven that it's all fake. But you see, that's where you are looking from the physical dimension. I've studied some a bit, and I know things happen from the spiritual. And when you add these things to the Bible stories you have read, some of those Chinese things, they are not jokes. When a man will fly from one top of one tree to another, he doesn't expect his by natural strength. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, that's something for you. Those guys were Samsonic in their depiction. Yeah, they, that's what they do. You see one little normal guy. Yes, he's done a lot of training. But it is not his training that's going to help him face an army. So if he faces a hundred men and he takes them out, it's not training. There is a spirit that's helping. That's what used to happen to Samson. Samson would take the jawbone of an ass and fight hundreds of men. Please, I hope you are getting my point. You want to know what happened with Samson? Samson was empowered by the spirit of God. That's the, look, and not only Samson. You know David? That also happened to David. All the training men do, people like David, is just to, you know, just to prepare them to be helped by the Spirit. When the stories of the men of David, those stories, those things were not average. It's not that they trained you in war so much, you became that good. Please, people of God, what am I going to do of these things? In this your life, you have to have a Samsonic, you know, remember I'm Samson? You have to have a Samsonic attitude towards life. You have to expect the Spirit of God to come upon you, that you will tear off the doors, the gates, of a city, put them on your shoulders and run up a hill in every area of life. We started by, you know, by emphasizing that life is, is hard. I look back now, I realize that many of the decisions we made, we thought we were being reasonable, we were not being reasonable, we were filled with the Spirit. You know, there was something I was saying earlier, sorry, a few weeks ago, just talking about these matters. And I realized that we were telling something that happened when we were in school. I was very young when I became my campus fellowship president. When I was appointed the head of my campus fellowship. You know, I look back now and I'm wondering, how did you manage? I'm just wondering, how on earth did that happen? Now, let me explain. 
I had to make decisions on money spending. I had to counsel people. I had to plan programs. I had to lead prayers. And I still had to go to class and read my book. I was a medical student. And many times you had to come and preach unprepared. You know, these days I look back, at this in recent times I look back. You know, then you didn't know what was going on. But I look back and say, ah, Banky, that is what is called an anointing. It's called an empowerment of the spirit. It's not human knowledge. It's not human reasoning. It's the reason why when you were elected, hands were laid upon you to fill you with the spirit to be able to perform your function. Is the reason why hands are laid on people. Because you'll have to do things that are beyond your capacity. Of course, we're not physically fighting giants, but spiritually we did. You hear some testimonies I will give. Things that me and my friends will do. Prayers we will pray. Are you getting my point? And I look back and say, no, Wanky, when they taught you guys to pray, that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. God was answering those prayers. And when those things began to walk, you did not notice. You thought they were normal. Until I now stand and look back. I say, no, they were not normal. They were not normal. Those things were results of being literally filled with the spirit. This is the mistake a lot of us make. We think that if you're a preacher, you need an anointing. And you're right. <laughs> but if you're a carpenter, you don't need it. You need skill. Are you getting my point? If you're an engineer, you don't need it. You need a very good brain. Yeah, it's, an, it's an unconscious thing. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, if you're a business person, you just need to be, you need to be sharp. You need to know the market. You need to be connected. But you don't really need a special anointing. It's an unconscious thing in our hearts. You know, the only person under the old order that the Bible says God filled with the Spirit, apart from kings, priests, and prophets, was Bezalel. And he was a craftsman. Did you hear what I said? Was Bezalel and he was a craftsman. Everything Christians do God expects them to be powered by the Spirit of God. Please, if you have not read the book, I know you are my enemy, you know. There are different ways to know your enemy. There are those who come every time and say, Pastor Banky, you know, God bless you. That message you preach is good. They I write a book three, two months ago. They have not read it. Wicked souls. That's how you know them. What are they? No, there's one thing I'm looking for. You know, there's um, wolf in sheep clothing. They are not wolf in sheep clothing, no. What are they now? They are like... Uh, Apostle, what do you call them? They are, they are, they are antelope in sheep clothing. <laughs> That's a good one. Antelopes in sheep clothing. Brother Simon, are you one? Have you read, received the Holy Spirit? Yeah, hippopotamus in sheep clothing. <laughs> if you have not read it, you want to say, I may, I can read a book, and a book that I read, I may say that. This, this Labour Party and APC kind of answer is no good. All right, let's reconcile ourselves, all right? All my giraffes in sheep clothing, all the ungulates in sheep clothing, Sha. Please, try and be real sheep by next week, okay? After all, the book is free to download. 
You can't tell me, you know, things are expensive now. It is free to download. And somebody can WhatsApp it. I mean, I hope I get my point. It's just how many megabytes. It's not heavy. You go to the website, download it. Bam, it's there. Now, I command you, you'll be disobedient if you don't read it. So, you know, before it was begging you. I implore you by the message of God. Now, I command you by the authority given to me as being the... What is my title in this place? <laughs> President and founder, bishop. Uh-huh. General overseer. Uh-huh. Okay, good. So, I have a few now. President, founder, bishop, general overseer. Find me another one that's more powerful. The angel of the house. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. The angel of the house. <laughs> Aha! <laughs> Did you hear that one? Our daddy, our prophet. <laughs> and if daddy one is good, the prophet said I have. <laughs> so, using all these authorities, please, I instruct you to go and read the book. It's free to download the digital copy. Receive the Holy Spirit. Why am I saying so? That is the only thing God gave you as a guarantee for success in life. Yeah. That's why Jesus told them, don't live anywhere. You know, let me explain something to you. You have to understand, it's not about knowledge. It's not about, I know how to do it. Because these people were with Jesus Christ. Peter made it clear, from the baptism with John, from the very beginning, until crucifixion and resurrection, everything Jesus said, they heard it. Someone of the mouths, they were in front. Every miracle he did, they saw. He multiplied uh, bread and fish. They saw it. They saw everything. Yet, he told them, wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. That is, he said, you can't do it. No matter what you know, you will not succeed. No matter how zealous you are, you don't have the ability. No matter how motivated you are, motivation, listen, motivation, look, these days there's a backlash against motivational speakers. Have, have you noticed? Yes. Oh, is it only in my circles? No. Saw a video, <laughs> one of my classmates shared a video. It's all four, four cats were eating a TikTok video. They were eating from one big plate. And one mouse came and was eating in the middle of them, in the midst of them, like the Bible will say. So somebody said, I wonder which motivational speaker this mouse listens to. I mean, four cats eating. The guy just perched in one corner, was eating from the same plate. He said, which motivational speaker did you listen to? He said, which motivational speaker did you listen to? Now, there's a problem with motivational speakers. They can motivate you, they can empower you. I hope you get my point. Lazarus, come forth. You cannot motivate a dead man to walk. There's no motivation you can give to a dead Lazarus that will make him come forth. Either you have the word of life or you don't have it. Either you are the resurrection or under life or you are not. If you are the resurrection, you give him life. You have to restore life to Lazarus first. In fact, in the case of Jesus, Lazarus did not obey the words of Jesus. Life entered into him and carried him to the door. You know, like uh, Lazarus would not have told Jesus Christ, I heard your voice calling me, so I came. There's nothing like that. Lazarus would open his eyes and say, Lord, oh, when did you come? He won't even know he was dead. He'll just see that he's alive. He didn't, 
Lazarus didn't hear that voice. Lazarus come forth and he started running. The words lifted him up and brought him to that entrance. That is the difference between motivational speaking and life giving. I hope you get my point. That is the difference between being motivated, having zeal. The Bible calls that one zeal. You can have zeal without knowledge, right? And I want to add one to you. You can have zeal without power. With zeal, we do use to preach that will make an unbeliever believe. I hope I get my point. What will make you preach and an unbeliever will believe is the anointing of God that's resting upon you. And what I'm preaching again this evening is for us to understand that it's in every aspect of life. That's why I use that marriage story as an example. You need, listen, if you are getting married, eh? Don't, it's, it's good to go for counseling and hear the advice. Please, can I beg everybody, at the end of the day, you say, elders, please, lay hands on us to succeed. The church will pray and the elders will lay hands and say, succeed in the name of Jesus. Be filled with the spirit of marriage success. That's what you need. One way or the other, you must be infused. Please, that's why I said, please go and read the book. Receive the Holy Spirit. It's important. And I'm, my emphasis this time is not preachers need it to but I'm not talking to preachers now. I'm talking to everybody. I'm saying, students, you don't read your book without the Holy Spirit. No. Why should you read your book without the Holy Spirit? How will you have understanding? How will you have retention? How will you have understanding? How will you have retention? Listen, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you know, we talked about something. See, there are naturally intelligent people. You know that? Because some people are naturally intelligent. I read the story, um, and I saw a, a, a documentary on the life of the, according to the person who did the, uh, the video, the most intelligent person that ever lived. They said, they said his IQ was something like 300. Now, they said, I wasn't there. Are you getting my point? Okay. That his IQ was something like 300, and then for comparison, Albert Einstein's IQ was put at about 200. Did you hear that? What's the average IQ of everybody? The average IQ. What is it? Common sense. Average IQ is what? Let me see whether you know mathematics and statistics. Average IQ is what? Please, maybe if you are not sure, just don't say anything. So that these young people will not be looking at you after and say, this was what this Egmont said. Average IQ is what? It has to be 100. That's why it's average. It has to be, it has to be 100. It can't be 101. It can't be 101. It can't be 99. It is called average. It has to be 100 because you calculate over 100. And then it is known, is the average that's used as a denominator. Is that okay? So average IQ is 100. Okay, for those who don't know, what they call IQ is simple. It means we take, assuming you are 10 years of age. Will not assess your knowledge, your abilities, your behavior, and everything. Compared to the average person, if you are behaving or you are smart as a 16-year-old, then we say your IQ is 16 over 10 multiplied by 100. That's how it is calculated. It's mental age over chronological age, all right? Of course, by 100, okay? Now, so, by the time somebody is, has an IQ of 200, you are saying at the age of 10, he's doing mathematics. Let's take, because... 
Now, just by the way, IQ does not apply to everything. Mathematical IQ is not the same thing as emotional IQ. I hope you get my point. Uh-huh. There are people who are, you will see, there are people that have intelligence of 150, they can't cross the road. You get the idea, right? Using mathematics as an example. You see a boy that's 10 years of age solving mathematics that people who have learned for long and who are 20 years are doing. That's what they calculated for Albert Einstein. But this other guy I'm telling you about, his own was estimated to be about 300. At the age of six months, he knew all the alphabets. 18 months, he could read the newspaper. Yes. I think he got into university, I think at the age of nine or something like that. His mother was a professor of this, mother, father was this, very, very intelligent, everybody. Harvard was where he went. Graduating from Harvard at maybe like 12, 13, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Died at the age of 43, a total failure. Oh, yes, that's where I was going. The best jobs they had were things like, pack this gutter, put it over there. Um, please help us remove this, uh, uh, this thing. Oh, yeah, clear this. That is, many jobs. You go to an office, maybe, okay, just carry this file, drop this file there. That's the best job he had. And it's arguably, the, at least on record, the most intelligent man this earth has ever seen by modern records. I hope you're getting my point. He's like Goliath, as big as he is, a small shepherd boy killed him. That man, he was an intelligence Goliath. That is, in the realm of intelligence, he was a Goliath. Normal life ruined him. He couldn't cope with life. Like I was sharing with my wife, discussing about it. People have analyzed what really happened to him. Some said he, because he was so intelligent, he never grew up. That is, all his youth, you know, young days were spent learning mathematics and physics and chemistry and advanced astronomy and stuff like that. He didn't learn to run around with bingo. Do you follow my point? He didn't have time to play with other children in such a manner that he would develop normally. So even though he could solve the most advanced mathematics at the age of 12, yet he did not know how life was. It was a young man when he died, a thorough failure. That of a stroke all alone. Please, what am I trying to emphasize all of these things? See, in this life, you are not going to succeed because you know two no book. You understand? You can be as big mentally as Goliath. You can be as big as, you know, mentally as um, financially now, I wanted to say, as Goliath. Life will just send you one small David and he will knock you down. Brethren, please, when it comes to your children, it's not about natural intelligence now. We have to give them spiritual intelligence. That the spirit must endow you for you to understand Buko. I hope you're getting my point. See, what I'm beginning to teach today, I want Christians, I believe the spirit of God is saying that, okay, through me, to start living life regularly empowered by the spirit. Your driving should be spiritual. When I say spiritual, I don't mean you are driving the realm of the spirit. But when you are driving, hmm, there are times you will, you will avoid a portal without seeing it. As you get there, the Spirit will move your hand. Then when you're wondering, why did I move there? Then you look back, you see the ditch you're about to fall into. John Gilligan, go and read his book, Adventures in God. He so said one day he was driving. 
on the, you know, in the, in the mountain, mountainous area. You know, navigating, you know, those mountain areas, you'll be navigating like, as it was going, suddenly something in me, okay, this is Nigeria now, let's take Nigeria as an example. You're supposed to be driving on the right. Okay? As I approached a particular bend, something in him just said, move over to the left. Like, ah, move over to the left. But the urge was so strong, he crossed the road, moved over to the left side, and just went to the, you know, close to the edge of the road on that side. As soon as he did that, he saw a truck that had left his own lane coming on the wrong side. That if he had been there for two more seconds, that guy would have knocked him off the hill. Without realizing it, something him just moved him to the other side of the road. And just after that, the truck went, boom, went past him. That is driving by the spirit. That's what I'm saying. No, there's cooking by the spirit. Oh, yes. I'll give it a few testimonies to, to stir up your faith. Is, you know, these things are not, um, we're not playing. When I was growing up, we'll go to his, a preacher used to go to his house. When he gave us the, test, the testimony, I've shared it here before. He had this bag of rice that did not finish until the day his wife queried why the rice was not finishing. Please, stop. When God is blessing you, stop talking. That is why they shut the mouth of John. Zachariah, the father of John. The man said he had this bag of rice. They ate. Visitors will come. They will cook. People will still with them at home. They will cook. They kept on cooking. They'll go there. Go and take rice. Ah, eat, cook. Go take rice and cook. Take rice and cook. Take rice. Ah, say one day. <laughs> his, his wife said, which kind of abami rice now we buy? So? <laughs> no, they call abami. Strange. Like, what's the correct English word? Strange, mysterious, you know, uh, uh, mystical. mystical yeah, that is, the woman said, which kind of rice is this? Won't you finish that day? The bag was empty. Next time she went in there, the bag was empty. I hope you're getting my point. Somebody say cooking, cooking. by the spirit. By the that thing that Elijah did in the house of that widow. Don't think it's a one-off thing. God is doing it till today. You know, many times, you know, you see, the Bible is full of, like the reference we say, we read the scriptures, we see the attitude of God towards some things. Now, I want to add my, add my own words, all right, to them now, or to that. You read the scriptures, you will see the things that God does in your life that you're not aware. It's not every time he makes a big noise about what he has done for you. God is not a showman. He's not seeking cheap glory. Let me just show them that I'm powerful. Tum, 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 tum. Let me show my muscles. No. Many things he does for you, he doesn't tell you about it. Many times, all of you looking at me here, every single person. Many times he has saved you from death, you are not aware. In fact, look, you died at 2 a.m., woke up at 4 a.m., you thought you were sleeping. You were dead. You, you wouldn't know now. You just go there. Ah, you're not feeling well. You, just go, you want to that, that lay down. Stomach was paining you. <laughs> God said, this guy, you don't understand. That is your big artery. Don't bust inside your belly. You are bleeding internally. You are dying. And just before you sleep, say, ah, Father God, I give you thanks. You are good. Same spirit. Ah, you just quote one or two scriptures, you go to sleep. You slept at 12, you died at 2 a.m. When God looked time, this guy will wake up by 5. Now he wake you up by 4.30. You woke up again, and you went about your way normally. So does anybody have a testimony? Mm, no, no, everything is okay. <laughs> 
He didn't bother to test. Okay, I have a testimony. I was having stomach pain yesterday. When I woke up this morning, it is gone. God said, it's not your fault. Leave it like that. Show you are alive. That's all that, that matters. Look, I don't like, look, I don't like thinking about it. You are breathing. You are breathing. And you don't think about breathing. And the breathing keeps on coming by itself. The heart keeps beating by itself. You think the heart no degree stops. Some, some people here, the heart don't stop before. They stop judges. They just lay down there. After one hour. An angel said, God is calling you. Go to work. Those are miracles it does. And I'm not joking. Don't think I'm trying to laugh here. I'm telling you the truth. Anything you see in scriptures, it does it regularly. There are many people who have been delivered from trouble. Boys were going to, they, they were shooting that place. You close your ears. You, 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 you stroke past the place like nothing happened. Then after you finish going, look, one bullet passed in front of you, it was a bee. One passed behind you, it was another bee. God said, there's no problem. If I let you know now, fear will now kill you. Just close your ear to all the noise and you'll pass. He will now tell you later what happened. He said, where? Hey, I passed around that place. So he said, okay, that was shortly after you left. It's not true. You walk through it. Though you've walked through the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord was with you, so you didn't fear any evil. Many evils you don't fear because you don't even know they are there. God just said, I beg, I don't want trouble, I don't want noise in heaven. Because if I ah, God, help me, you not die from fear. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, <laughs> what am I saying? All those you see in the scriptures, God does them till today. The Lord does them till today. The Lord does them till today. I gave the example of John G. Lake. I gave the example of my preacher at home, Dr. Lufrat, that's his name. The one I just gave as an example. Yeah, it's the same man who told, the, told us the story of water. The other said, water. He said he went to a bad That then, I don't know about now, that they had very bad, you know, okay, like a no good water now. That kind of thing. That's what they used to have in the bad there too. He got home with his um, wife, his new baby. I came to visit and there was no water in the house. The mother not told him that it's even good you came. So be using your car to put uh, gallons at the back and go and bring water. It looked like my motto. <laughs> he just told them there will be water tonight. So his mother told him that, hey, wait, let me tell you the part of the bathroom we stay in. Number one, this whole area, there's been no water for some you know, weeks or months. And if it's today they want to turn off the taps, it won't start from here. He told the mother, everybody go and sleep, there will be water tonight. Then he began to pray. He prayed and prayed and prayed till around them, is it 11 o'clock? He just kept on praying, pacing around inside the house. Then suddenly the tap began to whistle. You know, as water is rushing in, it began to whistle. Then the whistling stopped. You know, some drops of water came and then it stopped. So he pursued the water into <laughs> outside. So he went outside, opened the door, went outside and was praying outside in the compound. He prayed until the water began to flow, no, flow again. He prayed until the water began to flow steadily. When he was sure the force was good, they began to wake them up. He said, go and fetch water. People woke up. His mother woke up like, what? How did you do that? The taps were gushing with water. He said, go and fetch water. So he went to sleep. He woke up in the morning. They had filled, you know this kind of thing, that you fall, even the spoon, you put water inside. They filled everywhere with water. They had a, a reservoir. Then this is we use plastic tanks. Then we used to use aluminum tanks. So they had filled it. So he told them to open it. They opened it. He said they should look at the level of the water it was full. He said they should cover it back. 
That one is leaving. That water will still be at that level. Stay with them for like a week. The day he was leaving, he had parked into the car. He said, they should go and open the reservoir. They opened it. The water was still full. And they had been using it the whole week. When the Bible said that God brought water out of a rock, don't think he stopped doing it. That's the point I'm making. This is a no-go. We need water from rock. In the name of Jesus, water will flow for somebody. In the name of Jesus Christ, water will flow for somebody. I said in the name of Jesus, water will flow for you. Look, these are examples of the kind of things that God does. He wants us to live by the Spirit. Now listen, it's not show. I hope you're getting my point. Now, that you'll be delivered by the Spirit, that one is guaranteed. Let's not start telling testimonies of deliverance now. That you'll be delivered by the Spirit. Many stories in my head now. Brethren, people you know, people that you have seen, people I know, they will tell you that, ah, look at what happened. I was afraid God sent an angel to escort me home. I hope you're getting my point. My brother said he was praying and praying. When tension called us there, those days in Meduguri, long ago, more than 20 something years ago, almost 30 years. He prayed and he felt that somebody was in the room with him. He turned. And yes, indeed, there was a black giant. Big. So the guy was inside the room. His hands folded like this. Looking at him praying. And had a smile on his face. He wanted to say, who are you? Then he got the point. He said, all he knows is that that guy blocked the door. Nothing could pass through. The fellow was just looking at him. He said, the guy was so tall. His head was higher than the ceiling. So he had to bend his head to fit into his room. So he bent like this and was looking at him where he knelt down and was praying. And was smiling. He wanted to say, who are you? But he got the point. That's the guy guarding you. He turned the gate, didn't see him anymore. But God said, that's the guy guarding you. There's nothing to be afraid of. Did you see his size? (laughs) Did you see his size? That is a fellow guarding you. There is nothing to be afraid of. What are we talking about? Protection by the Spirit. See, God expects us to be empowered by His Spirit to do anything we have to do in this life. Listen, if you are doing business, let me end with that. Don't expect to do business normally. Did you hear what I said? No. Please. I was sharing this with my wife yesterday. You know, it is so you according to your faith. If you need customers, hmm? God's angels will go and bring your customers. One guy used to watch his program those days. This is small business today. The program I used to watch many years ago. I mean, more than, shortly after I came to Enugu then, I think, or was in Lagos. But anyway, over 20 years ago, I used to watch this program, small business today. There's one particular part of it I enjoyed, what the guy called street fighter marketing. That the guy used to say, don't outspend your competition. I will thank them. Did you hear that? He said, don't outspend your competition. I'll thank them. Now, there are competitors you can't outspend. Hey, wait, wait, wait. You want to do something. Google wants to do it. Where you want some money? Those guys have so much money that you cannot humanly compete with them if you want to use money. So that guy used to say, don't do what? He said, don't outspend your competition. What do you do? I'll thank them. Now, 
So he used to give us tips on how to do things that people do big with money, that you can do your own without money. Now, why am I talking about it? Don't outspend your competition. Don't outthink your competition. Outspirit them. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, yeah. Forget competition, competition now. For your own, whether you're competing with somebody or not, you need the spirit to empower you. If you need customers, ask the Lord to send angels. Angels bring customers now. Ah, you don't have money for advertisement. To be advertising here and there. Facebook, they bring this amount of money. People don't come and be giving you worldly tips. See, as a Christian, be careful when you are learning worldly methods to do business. Always remember that there's a spiritual one with you. Be practical about it. Say it. No, the Lord will help us. Say, let's pray to God. This will happen. We need money. God will send money and send wisdom. I don't know which one we need. I think we need more wisdom than money. Let's ask God to. Because God can give you wisdom unless you don't need money. Please, I hope you are following what I'm going to say. That is, even to bring customers to you, you go and pray. Not somebody is that what you need to do. Put a 10 sports adverts on a... What's the name of Auntie Uju's uh, radio station again? No, what's the name? They have FRCN was Coast City FM. Uh-huh. Say so you must put uh, 10 adverts before close. Pick, pick period when people are actually listening. Then you not carry all your money. I told you that this one company I saw in Lagos, they were not paying staff. They were buying money in cars for branding. Let's not get into that now. But the point I'm making is that, you know, God will gather... You know, angels will just go, say, hey, all of you, go to that shop and go and buy. People will come, you'll be wondering who told them about you. And when angels marketing, you must buy. You know, when human beings come and say, when angels say, buy, what they mean is buy. <laughs> Do you get my point? No, there's a way God will pour his spirit upon you. People will just walk in there, even you, you will marvel. Now, you've heard of people bearing things when they want to start businesses. Now, those things happen. They do. Do they walk? That's another story. You know, people can do a lot of things that don't work, and then they'll be telling stories about it, okay? But for me, it really doesn't bother me whether somebody says, ah, these people, what did they do? They buried the live pig. That's the problem. Some, <laughs> some, look, I don't like believing those things. Not because they're not true, but, but I don't like you always excusing somebody else's success because you, you did it, it didn't work. Yeah, you, know, you know me, I won't bury live pig. Bury live spirit. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, that's my own argument. My own is that, look, if you can cross people's minds that somebody buried like pig and then he now got favor, uh-huh. he said, is it true? They say, yes. Yeah. It is done now. I will go and dig my own place and bury live words, which is more powerful than pig. Look, anybody buried like pig, the business will eventually collapse in a very horrible way. You know why? Unclean, you know, those days when they used to do ram, God didn't used to take pig. pig. You know that? If you be a very live goat now, we'll even say, okay, maybe God will think you have not heard the gospel. You go very big. Madman of Gadara. All your, you know what happens to pigs that have demons? They are going into the Atlantic. All those businesses that are very big, they are going to... Just, not, just be watching. I told you. They are going into the Atlantic. They will, they will drown. But the point I'm making is that, listen... Me too, I'll go and dig my own thing. Maybe not physical digging. If evil machinations, evil spirits can bring favor to people, how much more those of us who are powered by the Spirit of God? People can say Nigeria is hard. 
But this is the word of the Lord. For you, there's an anointing to succeed here. Amen. Look, wherever God keeps you, you will succeed there. Amen. Please stop telling stories. So don't stop getting angry. And you know, People use their mouths to wear down God's favor in their lives. They wear it out. They wear it out. I don't know if God said, I wanted to bless him, but I can't. Each time I spend a, send a blessing, you use mouth to cancel it. Use bad words. Something goes wrong. See, that's the problem with Nigeria. Have you ever seen a place where things don't go wrong? You look for you know what they call excuses for Satan. Why things will not work. There's a story I'd like to tell once in a while. When a passenger came into power in 1999, he wanted to get foreign investors into Nigeria. Then we didn't have phones. We were just issue, about to issue our GSM licenses. He went to the UK company and said, look, you guys come to Nigeria and come and invest. We are ready for business. And they said Nigerians can't afford mobile phones. Oh, they're talking nonsense. Why? Of course, everybody knows why. We don't have an established infrastructure. You know, to power your base stations, they didn't have all of that. We didn't have fiber optic cables. Or, of course, you could lay new ones. But even the old copper cables, we didn't have and all of that. He said the investment would be too much. Thank God for Africans who have the anointing to work on the continent. They came together. Federal government offered, issued four licenses. Do you remember? Yes. 200 and, is it 75 or 85 million dollars? 25 million dollars for four licenses each, for 285 each, exclusive for 15 years. <laughs> as soon as those boys started, those very people that a passenger was begging to come, they were not looking for how to enter. When they saw these guys using trailer to carry money, they said we couldn't afford phones. We were buying most of the phones Africa had. That is, look, you know, as I, today, are you aware? The number of lines that human beings use, more than half of the lines on this continent now are in this nation. The second figure is that most of the internet traffic is consumed by Nigerians. No, this is no. I'm not telling you something that I read from. It just it was in the news just about three, four days ago. Yes, so somebody was saying that it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Those who came, eh? God gave them wisdom on how it worked. You know how to buy generator. They bought generator and put in this station. But the people paid so much money. My friend who was working in MTN that time was an engineer. He said one of our brothers. He said, well, look, when we build the station, then he was in, um, in Port Harcourt. He said the traffic on it used to pay for that base station. In 24 hours. He walked there. He told me that they had units in their company. Competition of who will finish their station first. Look, look. If God blesses you, I don't care how terrible the place looks. He will give you wisdom to succeed there. Somebody say business. business. By, the by the Spirit. Say it again. Business. Somebody say marriage by the Spirit. By the say life by the Spirit. Everything by, the Everything by the Spirit. Let's see, if you are studying, it's time to start doing your studies with, by the Spirit. Before you start reading, open your book and say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, all wisdom, all knowledge belongs to you. I come to you, the God of wisdom, the God of knowledge. Give me understanding. Open my eyes. I want to see physics. Sadhu Savaraj said, the Lord appeared to him and taught him relativity and showed him everything. Albert Einstein said that was correct. And the things that he got wrong. Some of us think that Jesus Christ only knows cross. <laughs> yeah, we, um, it's an unconscious thing. We think that, um, you know, 
uh, forgive, and then you touch somebody, you get healed. If Jesus teaches you mathematics, you will feel sorry for all the professors of mathematics in this world. Jesus, our Lord, if he comes out and teaches you mathematics, you will see math, you will be humble. You, 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 you know what they call humility? The one that, that impresses me most with is his knowledge of biological you know, sciences. I can just imagine him telling me, teaching me genetics. When he brings a DNA and opens it for you and tells you why this one binds to this one, what is this protein for? How do they, un- how do they open? How do they condense? How do they replicate? You will see all the ones inside your book say, Kai, you guys don't know anything yet. I want to pray for somebody who is a science person. I don't know where you are listening to me from. Aha. Uh-huh. No, I will say it. God will give you discovery worthy of a Nobel Prize. Amen. Now, I have not promised you will win a Nobel Prize, but one thing I guarantee is that you will be considered for it. Amen. Yes. An earth-breaking, earth-shaking discovery is what Jesus will show you. The Holy Spirit just opened your eyes. And you know the truth? It will come to you so simply. You will wonder how everybody is not seeing it. You know Albert Einstein? He used to do thought experiments. Not to go to the laboratory. He just close his eyes and imagine things. Now, I'm, the one I'm talking about is going to be in the realm of biology and chemistry. That is something, you know, animal body from biochemistry, something function of the human animal system. God will open your eyes, you will see something that will be considered for a Nobel Prize. And it will be by the Spirit. Go and read the story of this man, George Washington Carver. Go and read his story. How God gave him understanding concerning ordinary peanuts, groundnuts. And he was able to bring from it, I think, over a hundred products. I hope you're getting my point. God will give you understanding. Somebody say amen. Somebody say discovery by the Spirit. Now, it's our school of prayer. So how do you tap into that spirit? Now, please, all my, all the antelopes in sheep clothing. All right? You shall be converted to a sheep in sheep clothing. Amen? Amen? How do you do it? Read the book. What's the name of the book? Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Please go and read it. What I put inside that book is to let Christians know that God is willing, and these are the methods by which you receive that thing he's willing to give. The infusion of the Spirit so that everything in your life will be done by the Spirit. The Lord will build your home supernaturally. Say amen to that. Now let's rise to our feet. I want us to pray. Remember, there is nothing that God expects you to do by your own power. There is nothing. (laughs) Let me pray for you. Somebody listening to me. Your health will be restored and sustained by the Spirit. No, you should. You will go to bed this night, lay hands on yourself, and pray. Say, Lord, let the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, which is dwelling in me right now, give life to my mortal body. It's a simple prayer. And you wake up next morning, and ailments that you have struggled with for months, they will disappear. Now, that I'm giving you the word of the Lord. Somebody is going to get healed. You wake up tomorrow morning. Do what I have said this night. You are going to wake up tomorrow morning totally whole. In the name of Jesus Christ. Begin to give God thanks because of the available spirit. 
I want you to give the Lord thanks. We're going to pray. Say, Lord, I thank you because your spirit is available. Thank you. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. There's a reason. He said that. (laughs) I will not leave you without help. I am going to send help to you. Say, Lord, I thank you because you did not leave me without help. There's a reason why I called the Holy Spirit the helper, the another comforter. He'll thank you because I have the Holy Spirit. Thank you because you have given the Holy Spirit. Thank you because you have given the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you because you have given the Holy Spirit. You have given me the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you because you have given the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this divine empowerment. I am what I am by the grace of God. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace that has kept me up till now. Lord, I thank you for your grace that has been doing things in my life that I was not even aware. Thank you for waking me up when I was supposed to have died. Thank you for healing my diseases. Thank you for delivering me from those dangers. Thank you for giving me success in life. Thank you for empowering me. Thank you for keeping my, my marriage. I was giving a testimony just now. I personally say to the Lord, thank you for keeping my home. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Give the Lord thanks. Give the Lord thanks. Thank you, Lord, because there is nothing too difficult for me to do if you are with me. <laughs> he said that nothing shall be impossible to him that believes. So I thank you because there is no instruction you have given that you have not empowered me to carry out. Ezekiel said, he said to me, son of man, stand to your feet that I may speak to you. He said when he said that the spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. Say, Lord, I come again this evening to receive a fresh inflow of the spirit that sets me on my feet. Now, I want each person to begin to pray. There's an area you need an empowerment of the spirit right now. There's an assignment that God has committed into your hands. It can be you're working in an office. It can be your home. Because your home is your assignment. You're a husband, you're a wife. Your home is your assignment. Receive the infilling of the spirit in that home. Receive the infilling of the spirit for that home right now. Say, Father God, fill me afresh. No, Jesus said, if you ask the Holy Spirit, ask for the Holy Spirit... He said, if you, you know, earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask of him? What was he calling the Holy Spirit? The manifestation of the power of God. The flowing flow of grace. Oh, say, I have, Lord, right now I receive from you the ability to walk in a difficult environment. We started by saying life can be hard. Say, Lord, for me, grace much more abounds. Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive the ability to live, to triumph, to excel in the midst of a hard life. Jesus said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Say, Lord, I thank you. Because with Jesus Christ, I'm an overcomer. With Jesus Christ, I'm an overcomer. With Jesus Christ, I'm an overcomer. I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. Begin to confess that. Because the Holy Spirit is inside me right now. I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. I can overcome all the challenges in my life. If you're a student, you need to confess that. All the challenges of academics, I can overcome them. Why? Because I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. Why? The Spirit of God is inside me. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit is with me. I have been endued with power from on high. I have been endued with power from on high. 
I have been endued with power from on high. Or begin to declare that. Say, I have been endued with power from on high. <laughs> Say, I have a sound mind because I have been endued with power from on high. Like something, somebody will ask one day, where is the secret of your success? Because I'm going to defile all their predictions. I will perform beyond my natural abilities. Remember, they looked at Peter and Co. And they reasoned, how, said, how come these people can speak like this? He says, because they have been with Jesus. Then, well, that is true, but that was not the reason. The real reason was because they had been filled with the Spirit. The real reason was they had been filled with the Spirit. Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. The real reason was that they were endued with power from on high. Say, Father God, I receive from you power from on high. Say to him, Lord, fill me afresh with power from on high. Now begin to tell him the challenges you want to overcome. Goliath may be in front of you, but your sling will be with power from on high. An exam may be in front of you, but the Lord will send the Spirit and empower you to overcome. Now open your heart, say in the name of Jesus, I receive the power from on high. 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 Everybody open your Bibles, please, to the book of Isaiah chapter 34. The book of Isaiah chapter 34. I'll give a small background to it. In verse 8, he says something here. For the Lord has a day of vengeance, a year of recompense for the cause of Zion. His streams will be turned into pitch. I'm going to jump a few lines so as to save time. He said, and it's loose earth into brimstone. Verse 10, it will not be quenched night or day. In verse 11, it says, but pelican and hedgehogs will possess it. And owl and raven will dwell in it. Now, please notice these animals. Now, these animals were not natural to that area. He said, it will stretch over it the line of desolation. And the plumb line of emptiness. It's nobles. And there is no one there whom they may proclaim king. And all his princes will be nothing. In verse 13, he says, Thorns will come up in his fortified towers. Nestles and thistles in its fortified cities. It will also be a hunt of jackals. And an abode of ostriches. These are all wild animals. He said in verse 14, The desert creatures will meet with the wolves. Now, we're talking about a populated city. That this is what will happen when God will have passed judgment. He said, the hairy goat also will cry to his kind. That the, the, the hairy goat will have enough of his type around. Cry now for mating. He said, yes, the ninth monster will settle there. And will find herself a resting place. The tree snake will make his nest and lay eggs. He's, I'm jumping a line. He said, yes, the hawks will be gathered there. Everyone with its kind. Now, please, before we read further. He said, now the prophet was looking like, wait, oh, 
How will all of these things happen in a place like this, a developed city, a built-up area? You are telling me wild animals will come and make their abode here. This is what the Spirit of God now said. He says, seek from the book of the Lord and read. Not one of these will be missing. None will lack his mate. Now, not because it is natural. Please notice this, the next line. Everybody read the next line for me. For his mouth has commanded and his spirit has gathered them. Did you hear that? He said, when the mouth of God commands, his spirit will go out and do what? Gather. That God says, listen, in this place, you are going to find the pelican, the hedgehog, the owl. You are going to find the jackals, the ostriches. You will find the tree snake. You will find the hawks and all of them with their kind. Why? He said, because my spirit will go out and go and call them. I hope you're getting my point. Now begin to pray. Whatever be the need in your life, say, Holy Spirit, call them in. Call supplies in. That is what Christians do. People are looking for, hey, where do I get money to expand my business? The Lord says, if the mouth of the Lord speaks, his spirit will go out and go and gather. That's what we mean by succeeding by the spirit. <laughs> That's what we are talking about. He said, when the mouth of the Lord commands, his spirit will go out and go and gather. Say in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, send that spirit out to gather for me. To gather in my favor. Things that are difficult. That people say cannot easily be found. Please, so they'll tell you that dollar is about to hit a thousand naira. You must never complain. Say to the Lord, send me my own dollars when I need them. Because the mouth of the Lord has commanded. Therefore, his spirit will go and do what? And gather. It is not your portion to be grumbling and complaining. He said, I will call a bird of prey from the east. And the man of my purpose from a distant country. Your life, saints of God. Your life, child of God, is supernatural. God is sending help your way. That's what we are talking about. God is sending help your way. Life by the Spirit. Life by divine favor. Life by grace. The life of grace. A life by the Spirit. A life that God sends his help. A life in which angels bring customers for the businessman. A life in which wisdom for accounting is given to one that is uneducated. Say, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I receive it. Oh, begin to give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, I receive it. I receive such a life today again. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Begin to receive it. Say, Lord, I receive it. I'm empowered by the Spirit. Say, I am what I am by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. You are speaking about your life from now on. I am what I am by the grace of God. I am what I am by the supply of the Spirit of God. I am what I am by the empowerment of God. He says, say to Zerubbabel, it will not be by your might, <laughs> and it will not be by your power, but it will be by the supply of my might and my power. In other words, by the Spirit of God. Say in the name of Jesus, that is my life described. My life is that of Zerubbabel. Remember first we said my life is that of Samson. People will ask, what is the secret of your success? Again, say, Lord, my life is like that of Zerubbabel. You need to say that to the Lord this evening. Say, Lord, my life is like that of Zerubbabel, in which I succeed not by my power, not by my might, but by the Spirit of God. 
Not by my might, not by my power, but by the Spirit of God. I succeed not by my might, not by my power. <laughs> Look, you are a student, you want to write your project. Don't go, he said, tarry in Jerusalem until you are indeed with power from on high. I want to give a student a, 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 you know, the word of the Lord. Receive your, your project topic in prayer. Now listen to this, I want someone to hear me. When you are going to see your supervisor, eh, go with four topics. You know the one the Holy Spirit has given you in prayer. All right? Just write three other ones, maximum. And go and give it to him. If he chooses the wrong one, go back and say, Lord, uh, say, sir, I think you should look at it again. There's a reason why I'm telling you this. Somebody is going to begin in the spirit and finish in the spirit. Amen. Your project topic will come by the spirit. Amen. The resources to execute that project will come by the spirit. Amen. And the day you need to defend that project, you will be filled with the spirit. Amen. Hey, what I'm saying, I want students to note it. God will not, listen. Once you receive your project topic by the Spirit, make sure you walk by the Spirit and defend it by the Spirit. It's time for God to give success to somebody by the Spirit. Give a lot of thanks for this evening. Say, Lord, I received that thing by the Spirit. Somebody should receive a business plan by the Spirit. It's not every business you go into. Demon Shakara will tell you the story. He went into green speculation. He almost got wiped out. When he went to God to pray, God said, that's, I didn't give you that, that job. That's not the job I gave you. He said, Lord, get somebody to buy me out. The Lord sent somebody, woke a man up and said, go and buy out that failing business that belonged to Demo Shakara. You can read the story in his book, The Happiest People on Earth. Say, Father God, from now in the name of Jesus, every idea will come to me by the Spirit. Oh, Lord, there is something you have written concerning me in heaven. Before the days of my life began, in your books they were all written. That's what I want to walk by. Therefore, Lord, I receive from you insight from the Spirit, ideas from the Spirit. Listen, brethren, it's not every business that's yours. It's not every job that is yours. From now on, you'll be led into your own by the Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. And listen, God is about to close some doors for people. And when he closes those doors, don't be angry. What do you do? You laugh. What did I say? What did I say? Yeah, you know, when doors close, because he thought you knew how to command. God said, hey, now that you have prayed today, now, I'm going to lead you to the place where I'll be leading you by the Spirit. Give a lot of thanks for this evening. And I want somebody to, clo- to, to thank God for the doors that he closed. Probably closed yours between yesterday and today. Say, Lord, thank you for closed doors. Thank you, Lord, for the doors that you closed for me. Thank you. From now on, it is life by the Spirit. Let's give a lot of thanks and say, Father, we thank you. Thank you for help. Thank you for the advantage that we have in the spirit. Thank you. We'll give the Lord thanks that you have helped.